Welcome to volume four of our seven-part series on Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation and the unspeakable evil and crimes that they like to commit. For this episode, our freaks take us all the way back to our very first Thanksgiving pageant extravaganza in 2019, where we talk about the Gates Foundation's horrifying you know, effects <laughs> and effect on uh, public education, as well as its bankrolling of the awful propaganda hit piece Waiting for Superman, as well as discuss their hatred of public schools. So yeah, that's right. It's our education episode. We thought, you know, we had threatened before that we'd have a little bit of a, a dive into the Gates Foundation. And, you know, we pulled up a little bit of research on his uh, wonderful philanthropic work, the philanthropic work in the fields of education at home, mm-hmm. medicine abroad, Ooh. and a little teaser for the end, his uh, media ventures. Oh, <laughs> I like it. Sounds good. How yeah. prominently does feces feature in all of these? <laughs> Heavily, (laughs) heavily. Fantastic. This is Seattle Sucks, after all. (laughs) (laughs) Where it isn't there, we just edit it right (laughs) in. So, yeah, uh, one of the things that probably people don't understand is that uh, a huge chunk of Bill Gates' philanthropic money goes into changing the education system right here at home in America, you know, reshaping our public schools and an image that appeals to Mr. Gates, who we should note is neither an education expert, <laughs> nor did he attend public school, huh. nor did his children attend public school. Hmm. But he's very interested in the public school your children go to. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's generally not understood or, I guess, appreciated by people that... It's, it's slowly starting to be. Yeah, I think so. But that basically, the for the last 20 years... The entire like public education agenda in the United States has really been set by three foundations that work in concert with one another to cre- or to create this uh, new education system that is you know what the billionaires envision, right? And that the Gates Foundation is the largest donor to this. Uh, the Eli and, uh, Edith Broad Foundation, another large one, and of course the Walton Family Foundation hmm. uh, of Walmart fame. Uh, very interested in what your kids are up to, right? Um, and what they do is they attack it in a variety of ways. One is they create academies where they bring people from the private sector, people who've excelled at business, right, uh, to a rigorous superintendent's academy, which is held in L.A., uh, where they do a uh, a very intensive six-weekend class 
on how to be a superintendent and how to run a school system. And so after this, they can astral project. Is that right? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. And uh, they're distributed from this very intensive academy uh, to then run uh, some of the largest school districts in the country. So this is the Broad Academy, uh, Superintendent's Academy. Uh, they currently have graduates running uh, 1% of the school districts in America, which doesn't sound like much until you realize they're overseeing more than a quarter of all public education, wow. publicly educated students wow. in the country. That's terrifying. Yeah. And the basic premise is, is these people run their businesses so well, surely they can run a school system. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all that waste, you know, well, in the, public this, education. The whole, um, <clears throat> the whole uh, you know, education reform movement and uh, especially the sort of charter school angle to it is like this extreme. Um, it's the largest like possible like manifestation of this government should run like a business kind of shit or, or the just privatization. It's like, it's the thing that, that is applicable in every zip code in America that you can do, which, which is why, uh, which is what explains like the appeal of it to your average uh, rich person or investors. Mm -hmm. Cause you're talking about potentially opening up this enormous market that is you know, has been previously had business largely shut out of it. Yeah, maybe we can uh, explore the cynical reasons <laughs> for why they <laughs> might be doing this. I wouldn't want to put that on on Bill, though. Uh, but I think the the one thing that's really interesting too is, I mean, we should ask the questions like, why should the Walton family again no history with you know no uh, education and like you know actually educating people or like that, or the Gates family or whatever? Why should they be making these choices in the general? consensus does seem to be that well if they're good at business that means they're good at everything right and it's it's very um uh prosperity gospel kind of american protestant shit yeah. right of uh they got wealthy therefore they're chosen therefore they're extremely smart it's like how you're you know uh very dumb like nephew uses like einstein quotes for everything so yeah. like dude he's really good at physics <laughs> he must know about everything else um and uh bill gates is the sort of self-appointed person and nothing sort of showed this more than his big first initiative which was his small schools initiative where uh in the early aughts bill came up with this idea all on his own there's no research backing it up the, he didn't really have any sort of personal theory behind it, seemingly a hunch that the problem with schools in large cities was that the schools themselves were too large and that they should be broken up into smaller subsections of schools, right? Yeah. Now, this is not to be confused with large classrooms versus small classrooms. He literally just thought the size of the school generally was too large. <laughs> it's just too big to manage for one principal. Yeah, so he thought, let's break it up and we will take the administrative staff and quadruple it. We'll keep the teaching staff the same for the most part, and uh, it will jam the kids into these weird schools within schools. And um, I had a friend who actually taught at one of these schools in Brooklyn, where uh, this school, uh, it was at a time when Park Slope was really heavily gentrifying, and this school, high school included kids from the Flatbush side of Prospect Park, who were predominantly black. And kids from Park Slope, which is now, uh, we all know as the podcast corridor, <laughs> podcast <laughs> district of Brooklyn. But kids, but kids from Park Slope who are probably white and have more money, right? And uh, wouldn't you know it, when they split the school up into, I believe, three smaller schools, 
Uh, all the black kids ended up in two wildly underfunded schools within the building, and all the Park Slope white kids ended up in one very well-funded school in the building, right? And so, of course, not only did, you know, uh, outcomes not get better in the school, they got worse, right? Um, and this was basically across the board what was happening with this initiative that Bill Gates, you know, he, you know, he dumped... I think $350 million in this initiative. He got, you know, hundreds of schools to do this. And around 2008, 2009, he just said, oh, I guess that didn't work. My bad. And wiped his hands free, <laughs> clean, and walked away, right? Damn. And the damage, though, that he had done was irreversible for the most part. You know, switch, you, you can't just overnight switch these schools back. Well, not if you don't have a foundation paying out the millions of dollars in an initiative to do that, including the lobbying and the whatever. So this, the damage was done, you walk away, and it's just, you know, mm -hmm. and now it's entropy, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, the thing is, is that you created, again, like I said, the main thing it did was it ballooned the administrative, uh, uh, fa or the administrative, like, sort of workforce, right, or tier. Weird that and business people who think they're good at everything really just um, <laughs> like lard up management and yeah. bring in fucking bullshit management uh, uh, <laughs> wisdom. Yeah, uh, you know, it is kind of interesting that one uh, thing East Germans complained about when West Germany and East Germany were brought back together was the amount of bureaucracy in West Germany, which is <laughs> a sort of funny irony because <laughs> of how we think of the Cold War here. But, but yeah, I mean, that's exactly what happened. The problem is it was that administrative sort of tier now, it's not like they're just going to say, oh, yeah, like three, quarter of a, three quarters of us don't need to be here, right? Like they're now fighting to keep their positions in this school. So essentially he created this inertia even within the school to keep this failed model that he created on a whim just because he saw a vision one day, a dream vision, and just, you know, pursued it. I mean, it's, you know, he created the uh, mechanical spider from Wild Wild West. He just <laughs> did it to all our kids, cool. you know. So, you know, he wiped his hands from that. And was like, yeah, that 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 didn't work. Um, you know, not my problem though. And decided then that he should move to charter schools. That's that's the ticket. It's actually uh, the problem with schools is they're too democratically run. There's too much <laughs> democratic accountability. Again, uh, if they're going to succeed like a business, they have to run like a small uh, dictatorship <laughs> with no oversight. Got to be lean, agile. <laughs> yeah, got to get lean. Got to get agile. And. Um, you know, the, that interestingly kind of brings us to Washington State and the battle over charter schools Ooh, yeah. in uh, Washington State, which is also like a fascinating indictment of uh, Washington State's awful fucking um, uh, referendum system. But so basically in 1995, Washington State was one of the first states to propose or have legislation proposing charter schools, which was voted down in the Senate and, you know, uh, crushed it, right? So the supporters then tried to have a referendum. At this point, there wasn't a ton of money in any of this. So not a lot of investment on either side of it. And the referendum was voted down 64 against charter schools, 35% for charter schools, right? State representatives then tried to shove through another bill about charter schools in 97, 98, 99, all failing to get passed, right? But then in 2000, Paul Allen gets involved. And so Paul Allen says, you know what? Let's just try another jam through of charter schools using the referendum system. So they have one in 2000, and Paul Allen dumps about three and a quarter million dollars into the pro-charter school side. All right. 
the opponent side, so the vote no side, raised eleven thousand dollars. Oh my god! So it was only <laughs> outspent three hundred and nine to one. <laughs> now it's important. This still was voted down, right? So people still voted no to charter schools, fifty-two percent to forty-eight percent, right? But having seen his buddy Paul in, in the game, Bill all of a sudden in two thousand four says. I got to get in there. (laughs) I got to get that sweet, sweet charter school success. And so uh, in 2004, he pushes the legislature to get this, uh, you know, charter, another charter school bill passed to the legislature because they figured they couldn't get it passed via referendum. Uh, The legislature shoves it through and uh, unions and stuff have a big campaign against, you know, like, hey, you know, this is fucking bullshit, all this kind of stuff. And actually, the a judge overturns the charter school uh, law and says, like, no, nah, that's that's horseshit. You can't publicly fund a private school, uh, at which point they again go back to the referendum, <laughs> at which point uh, they dump three point nine million with Bill Gates giving well over a million, Paul Allen, well over a million. And then uh, some characters like John Walton of the Walmart family who doesn't live in the state of Washington kick it in another half million just for the fuck of it, right? You know, but yeah, so they raised three point nine million. Uh, the unions, the AFT, the NEA and stuff all got involved. And, you know, they raised a, I believe, measly like couple hundred thousand dollars to, to combat this because uh, it turns out they don't have as much money as Bill Gates does. Oh, weird. And once again, they were able to actually get a no on charter schools, 58% to 41% this time, right? So they just wait till 2009 and just dump even more money into it. Right. And so they finally are able to get a charter school referendum passed by a vote of like 50.5 percent to 49.5 in the long game, man. Yeah. And it's almost again. And basically they went from spending four million on the one to spend 11 million on the next one. And it's almost like their lesson when they lose these things after dumping (laughs) money into it is not to give up. But to just dump more money into it, because oh, you only weird. have to, because you only have to win once. It turns <laughs> yeah. out. So even if the state says over and over again they don't want charter schools, you can just keep ramming it down their fucking throat until yep. they finally take it, right? Which is what happened. But again, a judge stepped in and said, uh, "That's actually illegal. <laughs> like you can't have a fucking charter school. Like you know, it's it's in the state constitution. You can't have one." It was the clearest ruling in the country against charter schools. So the Gates Foundation then funded a charter school group to create new legislation that basically allowed uh, the state to fund, because the the funding of the charter schools was what was legal, allowed the state to use lottery revenue to fund the charter schools, which is they ended up getting shoved through in 2016, which just last year, uh, a state Supreme Court ruled that that's cool, that, that, that all works. Uh, that by the way, that funding legislation was initially written by Alec, which is our uh, the famous uh, American Legislative Exchange Council, which mm-hmm. uh, stand your ground laws, all that other kind of stuff. Cool. Also, a recipient of uh, Gates Foundation funding. Amazing, <laughs> weird, but again, it shows the sort of character of like Bill Gates' education reform, right? In that it is completely antithetical to any sort of like democratic practice, right? Again. We have charter school losses over and over and over again. We have something like, I think there's something like eight referendums for charter schools that all vote no. But the only one that really matters is the one that votes yes by less than 1%. Right? That's the one that counts. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so now we have charter schools. 
which, by the way, the very first one that opened uh, failed within three months because of <laughs> wild mismanagement. It was shut down uh, by the state. And uh, we currently actually a couple months ago just had two shut down in the Seattle area again because they couldn't you know keep uh, students in it and things like that. But it shows the sort of, you know, again, one of the other avenues through which the Gates Foundation is essentially shaping, you know, the education experience without uh, it necessarily being like so open or out front. Right. Yeah. I mean, Um, it's hard for me hearing this not to think immediately of Tim Iman. He's essentially like the Tim Iman of charter schools. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Just keep going back to the well until you get the answer that you like and the one that sticks. Yeah. And we should, you know, I think there's two, there's sort of two levels to this too, because we can talk, sit here and talk about how much charter schools suck in Mm -hmm. every possible way. I mean, obviously, the first layer of that is they are undemocratic. They're, for some reason, for-profit enterprises that are clearly just opening up like a market to, and, and also a vehicle for devaluing the power of uh, the teachers unions and all this sh- all this like austerity privatization bullshit but also the m- the metrics now show cuz this has been a push you know by the gates foundation everywhere the metrics show they they suck like yeah. the the outcomes are bad they're also uh, tend to be very unequal um yeah. It's it's a bad scene anywhere you look at it. Yeah, they're uh every study at this point shows they're at best equal to public schools. That is in best case scenario. <laughs> and the thing that is crazy about that is charter schools actually get to pick their students. So there was last year there was an audit done of the uh charter schools that are open in this or King County, Pierce County area. And the things they found was that surprise, surprise, when compared next to the neighborhood school uh, the you know amount of kids on subsidized lunches was significantly lower at the charter school, right? Oh, weird. Uh, the amount of kids who were on um, a, you know, extensive or time intensive like learning plans, right? So kids who had special needs, things like that. It turns out they all got to go to the public school, and the charter school took you know other kids, right? And so you know, in a lot of ways, the charter school is seizing certain advantages that we know about in education and failing anyways, and that is. <laughs> A truly impressive feat um, because the reality is about education and about improving education is the real sort of gap in education in America is explained by one thing. That's poverty. And everybody in education knows it. Like it's the reason why test scores are higher in wealthy neighborhoods has nothing to do with the teachers or anything like that. It literally is that the kids have more money than the kids in other areas. And their lives aren't as like deprived deprived and miserable yeah their lives aren't deprived their lives aren't as fraught uh they also have a testing regime that is tailor-made for them as well as an entire uh test prep industry that is created for them as well you know um anybody who ever is like growing up in the suburbs know that you don't just take the sat you go to prep classes and all that shit right i just took the sat yeah likewise <laughs> yeah well look the and three of, podcasters first of all the three of us are on this boat for a reason <laughs> yeah. but uh other people who were probably more successful than us in high school did like all that stuff um but yeah uh you know, yeah, there's a whole test prep industry and stuff like that for them. And uh, remarkably, these tests that are supposed to, you know, uh, measure your knowledge or, uh, it, you know, have been used by you just as to claim some sort of innate knowledge. Uh, the more test prep practice you get, the uh, better your score gets. Like, huh. There's a direct correlation, oh, it turns out. Yeah, it's weird. The more, like, um, 
yeah, uh, very expensive tutoring, essentially, designed mm-hmm. to specifically get you to pass the test, actually works. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing how that works. But um, uh, so the funny things money can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting, right? And so, yeah, I mean, this push for charter schools and the Gates Foundation, you know, it wasn't just done at the state level. So when, by the way, when uh, they finally were able to shove this referendum through, the Gates Foundation immediately threw $35 million into a fund to start setting up charter schools immediately because they essentially wanted to get the ball rolling as quickly as possible because they knew the second they got the schools on the ground and functioning, it'd be hard to get rid of them, right? So essentially they're like, yes, get, you know, get the plague all over the villagers <laughs> you know, as fast as you can once they let you through the gate, right? Because who knows, they might kick you out, but then you're, you're you know, you left what that behind um he also did this on a national level uh through his funding of co you know slightly covert funding of waiting for superman the rather awful fake documentary about charter schools that encapsulates a lot about the gates foundation but also about um you know charter schools themselves i mean the gates foundation the walton family foundation the broad foundation all funded that film but they actually created a uh, front group, essentially, to drop the money into that then was a different <laughs> foundation that gave money to the making of the movie. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't be as easily traceable back to them in the production they, of this they, film. They, didn't, they declined a screen credit? Uh, yeah, <laughs> apparently. Um, and then they did this you know, other sort of sleight of hand where they, they showed it at a film festival, right, as an independent documentary. And then Bill Gates had Paramount buy the film for release, which, again, not revealing the fact that Bill Gates actually owns or has an enormous share of the company that owns Paramount uh, and that, you know, did Paramount pick up the movie because their boss made it <laughs> and it's a giant pet project. Oh, you know, I guess I'm being paranoid and conspiratorial. Yeah, I, I think there. it was just that good. Yeah, it was just that good. <laughs> but, you know, so we have everything from the sort of uh, duplicity involved in his sort of education reform shown in the making of this film to the grossest aspects of uh, the charter school movement, what they're doing with education, you know, uh, like the biggest scene in the film is these awful lotteries where they line up all these kids in like a school gym and they do a sort of lottery system of who gets to go to the charter school and who has to go to the school that they've told everybody is awful and that you're going to die if you go to and stuff like that. <laughs> and they read the names out and so you get to watch in the documentary in real time as, you know, families and children at like six years old are being just crushed like yeah. in real time. Which is yeah. in itself, it's a marketing thing. For totally. It's to make yeah. it seem like this is this great thing. This is the only way you're going to have a good like mm-hmm. education outcome. And it's done too because, you know, as people, critics have pointed out, you could just like send the kids a letter telling them that they got accepted to the charter school, but they want the visual of like families crying of people breaking down that they didn't get in because then they feed that to reporters and they feed that to the news and say, look how much people want to get into these charters. They must be really good, you yeah, know? Yeah. And it's, uh, and the fact that they like target particularly black youth for this, it's like a really disgusting bit of propagandistic theater that they just engage in. And, you know, which kind of cuts to some of the, other awful aspects about this. But. And this is all brought to us by the loving grace of mm-hmm. Bill Gates, who, yeah. you know, uh, that's the great thing about philanthropy is he just gets to do that. He gets to make yeah. that choice. Um, you know, this is the, he's thought of, you know, along with like 
I mean, I know even my own like you know Lib Dem friends will in this town will talk about Bill Gates as being you know oh, one of the good billionaires, mm-hmm. and of course that's the whole like thrust behind the Gates Foundation. Um, and it's like we can see here. Obviously, there's this clear path that starting from the hubris of a of an out of touch, insane billionaire thinking he can he just has the right ideas can uh, sort of catapult this absolutely malignant thing mm-hmm. onto our uh, education system that you know where it's failing is failing because he has all the fucking money. Yeah. Uh, instead of the families who are trying to educate their kids, um, but there's like a whole other level to it, which is that that I that I like insist on um, arguing about with people is that like even if um, even if this stuff had turned out better, I mean it's predictable that it doesn't. It's predictable that this is all like malignant trash that is undemocratic that is like serves the prerogatives of wealth. But even if it didn't, like it's totally undemocratic and unaccountable. Like they yeah. can just do this yeah. for no. And what if, what, what if we're lucky and Bill Gates is some kind of benevolent genius who can solve all our problems, but then that's like the emperors of Rome. Okay. Like, is he, the la- who's going to be the last good emperor, right? Like, is it going to be Jeff Bezos? You yeah. Know? I mean, it's positively futile. I yeah. mean, we talked on the show about that New York times interview with Melinda Gates and, you know, the interviewer in the most softball way has kind of brought up this issue of like, uh, some people like criticize y'all's sort of high handedness and like school reform. And she tells the story, I believe about going to Memphis and she's like, yeah, we were pushing the school reform in Memphis. And, you know, I sat in this like PTA meeting with like parents and teachers. And if they really don't want to do it, you know, it's hard for me to like push it through. And it's one of those things though, not the journalists who talked to her or her thought for a second, like, but why were you there? At all, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. you have no business being there. You're not an education expert. You are you literally are only there because you have money. And they had to assemble, essentially, the entire school and community to try and, like, ward you away with, like, torches and shit. <laughs> like, get you out of there. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a completely... I mean, it shows the disproportionate power. And it's, I mean, it's, it's positively futile, like, in a lot yeah, of ways. And, you know? and their answer to that is... Well, we'll just go somewhere else where mm-hmm. the resistance isn't as fierce. And also, I mean, the whole story is ridiculous on his face because what she seems to be saying in that interview is like, I, me personally there mm-hmm. in that moment, you know, am hearing this pushback from all these people gathered against me, one little lone Melinda Gates, right? Yeah. But like, that's not the battle that's being fought here. It's being fought between these people and all of your fucking money that yeah. is lobbying fucking state and city governments that is producing fucking bullshit propaganda like triumph of the charter school documentaries (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean a largely staged documentary that is about all the credibility of say seattle is dying with you know essentially the same propagandistic intent brian in this analogy who is superman (laughs) yeah yeah indeed um but yeah i mean uh you know one of the things uh which maybe we can put some links up on this episode but joanne barkin who actually writes quite a bit about this you know one of the things she points out is the power of bill gates money itself in that compared to education spending in america what he's giving and what all these groups together are giving is less than one percent of that funding right it's still 99 percent funded by taxpayers but because he attaches 
all of these ultimatums on getting the money because he like uses the money intentionally, uh, you know, by the Gates Foundation's own admission to leverage the school district as much as possible. Uh, he effectively is controlling the direction of education, despite the fact that we actually all pay for it. You know, I mean, that that's the crazy part, too, is that even though he's throwing all this money around, it's really not all that much in the realm of education funding, but it so outsizes each of us individually that it gives him this enormous seat at the table. Well, it's not just that. It's also that because we are, you know, coming up on uh, 40 years <laughs> of heavy austerity at every level of government, but certainly including in education, where everything has been slowly, all the funding has been slowly chipped away, um, is now more than ever, you know, there's no money, there's so much less money than, you know, in, say, the mid-century coming from the federal government. It's all, like, having to be squeezed out of levies and property taxes. It's very unequal. Everyone is has their budgets, you know, narrowly just down to the fucking bone, uh, cutting programs all over the country, you know, cutting your arts programs, cutting fucking this town, cutting some fucking math and shit, mm -hmm. you know, um, when a school system is in that position where they cannot actually, and this is the case everywhere, they can't really do what they know they should be doing, what they could be doing. Any another fucking fifty bucks they're gonna beg mm -hmm. for, you know. Yeah. And if you can, oh, drop a million dollars on a school system, like it doesn't matter if it's it doesn't matter if even that is like a small part of their overall budget because their overall budget is already stretched so fucking thin that you drop any money in this, like, oh, we just added a literal fucking math class, right? Yeah. Which to these educators who actually care about, like, um providing an education to kids this is the only fucking reason they're there like if they can they they've been beaten down to a point where that is all they they have to get excited about that to be like oh my god i can actually put all the kids in seattle school district through fucking math yeah this year you know yeah well and i mean it's worth remarking i mean particularly in the case of washington state uh you know bill gates and his company microsoft have played no small part in the inability of washington state to collect taxes while at the same time, he pushes, you know, charter school reform in Washington to directly divert money away from the public education system and the public schools. And, you know, the same year in 2012, when a judge again shot down the charter school thing, saying that the funding was illegal, the state Supreme Court also said that the schools are criminally underfunded under the Constitution, too. So, I mean, it's that hand in hand sort of thing that's coming together of neoliberal reform essentially facilitating the takeover of these public, you know, goods by, uh, you know, people like Bill Gates, who then, uh, maybe we can get now into the cynical aspect of it, are turning profits right, yeah. off yeah. of it, well, right? Well, it's like, it is all connected to this because this the whole charter school movement, it's a particularly, you know, offensive one, but it is just, it's just one natural outcome of neoliberal austerity politics it's the point of neoliberal austerity mm -hmm. politics it's a it really is a market sourced market driven solution that was mm -hmm. like given an ability to be born out of the market by neoliberal austerity politics that says we're going to cut government to the bone and say the alternative we need and then 
you know, we need to privatize mm-hmm. everything, okay? But And when you cut these services to the bone, they start to look like shit, like they're not performing, and you say, well, they should run like a business, or they should just be a business. This is just the version of that in education, but it's something that we've just been creeping toward in everything all this time. And it's the charter school idea, and this idea people got to, oh, we could use this kind of weird method to slowly privatize all the schools in America to open up this market is just an idea that you can have once the country's been on this path for this long mm-hmm. and that it's like a mark it's a marketing opportunity opening up you see oh the schools people are disappointed in the schools and they're falling apart well i we can the market can come in and fix this it's a mm-hmm. natural thing yeah and i mean some of it is very simple and crass so in uh california they passed what are called uh, parent trigger laws where uh, if 50 you know percent plus one of the parents at a school decide that the school is bad they can demand that either the principal be fired all the teachers be fired or that the school itself be shut down or turned over turned into a charter school right this of course was legislation again written by Alec and promoted by the Gates Foundation that was shoved through in California immediately after it was passed, uh, a group called uh, Green Dot, who's a charter school company that is funded by the, <laughs> also receives funding by the Gates Foundation. It's weird how this keeps coming up. Funding by the Gates Foundation got, a, uh, I think, a $2 million grant from the Gates Foundation to go ahead and turn a school, right? So they found an elementary school in Compton. They sent a crew of people down there with a house that they rented for them and everything to essentially go into the neighborhood and just propagandize and collect signatures to have the school shut down and convert it over to a charter school. They eventually were able to get the required amount of signatures, but then the parents and stuff sort of figure out what was going on, that essentially they're being conned into giving the school to Green Dot so that the Green Dot could, you know, make this money off it. And they, you know, tried to pull their signatures and all this kind of stuff. And they, you know, eventually got LA, you know, USD to come in and say, like, no, like, we're not turning this over to a charter school. So they then went out into the suburbs of LA, found another elementary school, and did the exact same thing. Now, this time... When parents got upset and tried to rescind their signatures or whatever and said that the you know, signatures were, you know, were they got these signatures under false pretenses. They lied to us about who they were, all this kind of stuff. Uh, what ended up happening was the Green Dot and this front organization, which is how they were running all of this, basically got a circuit court judge to intervene. Because the school district said, okay, this this whole thing is, like, fishy. We're not fucking doing this. So they got a circuit court judge to intervene and say, you know what? Actually, that's not how the law works. Parents actually can't rescind signatures on this, like, on these trigger law forms. And they forced them to turn the, char- turn the school over to Green Dot Charter Schools, right? And so there is a deeply cynical, obvious, like, crime happening, which is, Charter schools using money from the Gates Foundation are essentially directly lying to people in order to have them turn the school over to them, at which point then they start uh, what we know from charter schools is they tend to immediately start cutting costs or whatever uh, while running the school at the same amount of money that they would run the public school. So essentially just pocketing what's on top. Right. Uh, Like many nonprofits, they manage to find a way to make a profit. Right. Uh, But. Similar things happen that affect the Gates Foundation directly. You know, one of the Gates Foundation's big initiative is that, you know, we're going to improve education through technology. So they go through and they tell schools like, hey, we'll give you a grant to buy a bunch of uh, computers, right, to give to all the elementary school students so they can have a laptop to take notes on or whatever. 
Cool, just, an iPad? Yeah, just so, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> it just so happens the computers require Microsoft software, right? Yeah. That Bill Gates, you know, just has maybe an interest in, right? And while they just gave you that grant to buy the computers, what happens after that, right? Well, now it's your responsibility, right? And when the computers have to be replaced, guess who gets to replace it? And so now we have this insane situation. So my brother, who has a daughter in, uh, you know, in, in, in public schools in Indiana... You know, he gets a bill at the beginning of the school year for when his daughter was in elementary school. I think they were telling him they wanted him to pay $800 a year to rent the laptop that she was forced to have because they had gotten into one of these fucking idiot programs and couldn't afford the computers after a certain amount of time. So they just shifted it all to the parents. But that is a direct revenue generator back to Gates, right? Yeah. Now, there's also a lot of other Silicon Valley shitheads that are all involved in this little con. And, you know, uh, I think it's uh, Megan Erickson had written this uh, book on education but that basically, you know, she pointed out that going to private schools in Silicon Valley, the one thing that was really interesting, the private schools that all these shit had to send their kids to, the one thing that's really interesting is that laptops and phones and stuff were banned in the classrooms. Because actually, every bit of research we have says that having to, giving a kid a laptop in a classroom is fucking awful yeah. for their education. Yeah. But not bad for bottom lines. <laughs> well, here's, you, <laughs> you know, know, what's important as we're talking about this to think about is like, we don't need to sit here and believe that Bill Gates and everyone below him have this, you know, nefarious view about um, how, the, like, that this is all a scam they're running mm -hmm. for the sole purpose of uh you know redirecting this uh tax revenue to back to themselves you know uh cuz but it, it doesn't need to be like that yeah, this yeah. is what class is mm -hmm. bill gates and of uh, the and then the other wealthy people in his organizations and that give to these things and then the professional class below them who run this stuff and who then take over these charter schools and who go uh flip these schools or whatever they, this is what a class is. They see things differently. So Bill Gates can sit to himself mm -hmm. and go, yeah, we're going to put these Microsoft computers in all these schools. And he's just thinking of it as synergy. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's, you know, he's, this is what he started Microsoft for in the first place, to to bring the personal computer revolution to every kid. And, you know, they can justify it in all these ways. But um, that's how, that's why mm -hmm. they are class enemies, okay? Because they can have yeah. this... Uh, when you're rich like this, it you can have a worldview that allows you to act in ways that obvious to anyone else are for the purpose of benefiting you mm -hmm. um, and convince yourself that you're some kind of benevolent god. Yeah, and I mean, you know, uh, I'm sure for Bill Gates, he just he keeps accidentally stumbling into these revenue streams, you know. Yeah. Um, he's just that good. He's just that good, right? <laughs> and. And I think, too, even if he wasn't cynically, you know, creating revenue streams for himself, even if he was just losing money, although we know that he's not, you know, with his foundation, but even if, he, even if it wasn't just a giant tax dodge or a way to launder money that, you know, he has made through, you know, income that he gives his wife as the head of the foundation. But anyways, even if it wasn't all that, right, it, I think it actually serves an even deeper ideological purpose for Gates in that, you know, one, he's saying the problem with class, with uh, income inequality and things like that, that has nothing to do with capitalism itself. It has nothing to do with his ill-gotten goods. Yeah. It can be fixed through uh, education, right? 
And then when you fix education and the kids still are poor, well, that's their fault now. That that becomes an individual failing on them. Because after all, I mean, Bill Gates helped them. And if he helped them and they couldn't get it done, then, you know, that's on them. You know, Gates Foundation, get away with this. Uh, you know, everybody listening to this is like, but I thought Bill Gates is a really nice guy. And, uh, you know, for the last 10 years, one of the other things the Gates Foundation has done is purchase stakes in a lot of media companies who uh, then report what the Gates Foundation wants. So just to give a couple of examples, the Education Lab series in the Seattle Times is paid for by the Gates Foundation and weirdly has the politics of the Gates Foundation. Um, the I believe it's called the Global Corner or whatever. And the Guardian newspaper in England is, again, paid for by the Gates Foundation and weirdly uh, exalts all the activities of the Gates Foundation in Africa. Vox is actually a property that I believe is like partially owned by Microsoft and also receives money from the Gates Foundation. Type Bill Gates into a Vox search and see the titles of articles that come up, you know, Bill Gates is the richest man in the world. How's he going to save us? Things like that, you know? (laughs) So part of the reason why, you know, you don't hear bad things about the Gates Foundation is they pay a lot of money to a lot of media institutions in order to make sure that you don't hear bad things about the Gates Foundation. And uh, literally probably any, if you know of a media concern that's larger than a 200-person town newspaper or a high school paper, uh, they're probably getting money from the Gates Foundation. This is actually a big push. Are owned by Jeff Bezos. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Jeff Bezos doesn't like Bernie Sanders. All of a sudden, the Washington Post has sixteen you know pieces about <laughs> Bernie Sanders, a bad guy, in a eighteen-hour period. So, yeah. I mean, like, you know, that media control can affect a lot of that. We talked a little bit about that with Waiting for Superman and how essentially he sort of slow rolled this release and got this movie put out, and you know, the whole time uh, it was supposed to be a, an indie documentary that just hit the the right the the population at the right time and everybody liked it it just turns out no bill gates just bankrolled it yeah perfect great cool 